Genesis 43 through 46. The famine got worse. When they had eaten all the food they had brought back from Egypt, their father said, go back and get some more food. But Judah said, the man warned us most emphatically, you won't so much as see my face if you don't have your brother with you. If you're ready to release our brother to go with us, we'll go down and get you food. But if you're not ready, we aren't going. What would be the use? The man told us you won't so much as see my face if you don't have your brother with you. Israel said, why are you making my life so difficult? Why did you ever tell the man you had another brother? They said, the man pressed us hard, asking pointed questions about our family. Is your family all well? Is your father alive? Do you have another brother? And so we answered his questions. How did we know that he'd say, bring your brother here? Judah pushed his father, Israel. Let the boy go. I'll take charge of him. Let us go and be on our way. If we don't get going, we're all going to starve to death. We and you and our children too. I'll take full responsibility for his safety. It's my life on the line for his. If I don't bring him back safe and sound, I'm the guilty one. I'll take all the blame. If we had gone ahead in the first place instead of procrastinating like this, we could have been there and back twice over. Their father Israel finally gave in. If it has to be, it has to be. But do this. Stuff your packs with the finest products from the land so you can find and take them to the man as gifts. Some balm and honey, some spices and perfumes, some pistachios and almonds, and take plenty of money. Pay back double what was returned to your sacks. That might have been a mistake. Take your brother and get going. Go back to the man, and may the strong God give you grace in that man's eyes so that he'll send back your other brother along with Benjamin. For me, nothing's left. I've lost everything. The men took the gifts, double the money, and Benjamin. They lost no time in getting to Egypt and meeting Joseph. When Joseph saw that they had Benjamin with them, he told his house steward, Take these men into the house and make them at home. Butcher an animal and prepare a meal. These men are going to eat with me at noon. The steward did what Joseph had said and took them inside. But they became anxious when they were brought into Joseph's home, thinking, It's the money. He thinks we ran off with the money on our first trip down here. And now he's got us where he wants us. He's going to turn us into slaves and confiscate our donkeys. So they went up to Joseph's house steward and talked him in the doorway. They said, Listen, master, we came down here one other time to buy food. On our way home, the first night, we opened our bag and found our money at the mouth of the bag, the exact amount we had paid. We've brought it all back and have plenty more to buy food with. We have no idea who put the money in our bags. The steward said, Everything's in order, don't worry. Your God and the God of your father must have given you a bonus. I was paid in full. And with that, he presented Simeon to them. He then took them inside Joseph's house and made them comfortable, gave them water to wash their feet and saw to the feeding of their donkeys. The brothers spread out their gifts as they waited for Joseph to show up at noon. Then they had been told that they were to have dinner with him. When Joseph got home, they presented him with the gifts they had brought and bowed respectfully before him. Joseph welcomed them and said, And your old father, whom you mentioned to me, how is he? Is he still alive? They said, Yes, your servant, our father, is quite well, very much alive. And they again bowed respectfully before him. Then Joseph picked out his brother Benjamin, his own mother's son. He asked, And this is your youngest brother that you told me about? And they said, God be gracious to you, my son. Deeply moved on seeing his brother and about to burst into tears, Joseph hurried out into another room and had a good cry. Then he washed his face, got a grip on himself, and said, Let's eat. Joseph was served at his private table, the brothers off by themselves and the Egyptians off by themselves. Egyptians won't eat at the same table with Hebrews. It's repulsive to them. 
The brothers were seated facing Joseph, arranged in order of their age, from the oldest to the youngest. They looked at one another wide-eyed, wondering what would happen next. When the brothers' plates were served from Joseph's table, Benjamin's plate came piled high, far more so than his other brothers. And so the brothers feasted with Joseph, drinking freely. Joseph ordered his house steward, fill the men's bags with food, all they can carry, and replace each one's money at the top of the bag. Then put my chalice, my silver chalice, in the top of the bag of the youngest, along with the money for his food. And they did as Joseph ordered. At break of day, the men were sent off with their donkeys. They were barely out of the city when Joseph said to his house steward, Run after them. When you catch up to them, say, Why did you pay me back evil for good? This is the chalice my master drinks from. He also uses it for divination. This is outrageous. He caught up with them and repeated all this word for word. They said, What is my master talking about? We would never do anything like that. Why, the money we found in our bags earlier, we brought back all the way from Canaan. Do you think we'd turn right around and steal it back from your master? If that chalice is found on any of us, he'll die, and the rest of us will be your master's slaves. The steward said, Very well, then. But we won't go that that far. Whoever is found with the chalice will be my slave. The rest of you can go free. They outdid each other in putting their bags on the ground and opening them up for inspection. The stewards searched their bags, going from oldest to youngest, and the chalice showed up in Benjamin's bag. They ripped their clothes in despair, loaded up their donkeys, and went back to the city. Joseph was still at home when Judah and his brothers got back. They threw themselves down on the ground in front of him. Joseph accused them. How could you have done this? You've had to know that a man in my position would have discovered this. Judah, a spokesman for his brother, said, What can we say, Master? What is there to say? How can we prove our innocence? God is behind this, exposing how bad we are. We stand guilty before you and ready to be your slaves. We're all in this together, the rest of us as guilty as the one with the chalice. I'd never do that to you, said Joseph. Only the one involved with the chalice will be my slave. The rest of you are free to go back to your father. Judah came forward. He said, Please, Master, can I just say one thing to you? Don't get angry. Don't think I'm presumptuous. You're the same as Pharaoh, as far as I'm concerned. You, Master, asked us, Do you have a father and a brother? And we answered honestly. We have a father who is old and a younger brother who was born to him in his old age. His brother is dead, and he is the only son left from that mother. And his father loves him more than anything. And then you told us, Bring him down here so I can see him. We told you, Master, that was impossible. The boy can't leave his father. If he leaves, his father will die. And then you said, If your youngest brother doesn't come with you, you won't be allowed to see me. When we returned to our father, we told him everything you said. So when our father said, Go back and buy some food, we told him flatly, We can't. The only way we go back is if our younger brother is with us. We aren't allowed to even see the man if our youngest brother doesn't come with us. Your servant, my father, told us, You know very well that my wife gave me two sons. One turned up missing. I concluded that he'd been ripped to pieces. I've never seen him since. If you now go and take this one and something bad happens to him, you'll put my old gray grieving head in the grave for sure. And now can't you see that if I show up before your servant, my father, without the boy, this son with whom his life is so bound up, the moment he realizes the boy is gone, he'll die on the spot. He'll die of grief, and we, your servants, who are standing here before you, will have killed him. And that's not all. I got my father to release the boy to show him to you by promising, if I don't bring him back, I'll stand condemned. So let me stay here as your slave, not this boy. Let the boy go back with his brothers. How can I go back to my father if the boy is not with me? 
Oh, don't make me go back and watch my father die in grief. Joseph couldn't hold himself in any longer, keeping up a front before all of his attendants. He cried out, leave, clear out, everyone leave. So there was no one with Joseph when he identified himself to his brothers. But his sobbing was so violent that the Egyptians couldn't help but hear him. The news was soon reported to Pharaoh's palace. Joseph spoke to his brothers, I'm Joseph. Is my father really still alive? Bread's brothers couldn't say a word. They were speechless. They couldn't believe what they were hearing and seeing. Come closer to me, Joseph said to his brothers, and they came closer. I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But don't feel badly. Don't blame yourselves for selling me. God was behind it. God sent me here ahead of you to save lives. There's been a famine in the land now for two years. The famine will continue for five more, neither plowing nor harvesting. God sent me on ahead to pave the way and make sure there was a remnant in the land to save your lives in an amazing act of deliverance. So you see, it wasn't you who sent me here, but God. He set me in place as a father to Pharaoh, put me in charge of his personal affairs, and made me ruler to all Egypt. Hurry back to my father. Tell him your son Joseph says I'm master of all of Egypt. Come as fast as you can and join me here. I'll give you a place to live in Goshen where you'll be close to me. You, your children, your grandchildren, your flocks, your herds, and anything else you can think of. I'll take care of you here completely. There are still five more years of famine ahead. I'll make sure all your needs are taken care of. You and everyone connected with you. You won't want for a thing. Look at me. You can see for yourselves, and my brother Benjamin can see for himself, that it's me, my own mouth, telling you all this. Tell my father all about the high position I hold in Egypt. Tell him everything you've seen here. But don't take all day. Hurry up and get my father down here. Then Joseph threw himself on his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, and Benjamin wept on his neck. He then kissed all his brothers and wept over them. Only then were his brothers able to talk with him. The story was reported in Pharaoh's palace. Joseph's brothers have come. It was good news to Pharaoh and to all who worked with him. Pharaoh said to Joseph, Tell your brothers this is the plan. Load up your pack animals, go to Canaan, get your father and your families, and bring them back here. I'll settle you on the best land in Egypt. You'll live off the fat of the land. Also tell them this, here's what I want to do. Take wagons from Egypt to carry your little ones and your wives and load up your father and come back. Don't worry about having to leave things behind. The best in all of Egypt will be yours. And they did just that, the sons of Israel. Joseph gave them the wagons that Pharaoh had promised and food for the trip. He outfitted all the brothers in brand new clothes, but he gave Benjamin 300 pieces of silver and several suits of clothes. He sent his father these gifts. 10 donkeys loaded with Egypt's best products and another 10 donkeys loaded with grain and bread, provisions for his father's journey back. Then he sent his brothers off. As they left, he told them, take it easy on your journey. Try to get along with each other. They left Egypt and went back to their father, Jacob, in Canaan. When they told him, Joseph is still alive and he's the ruler over the whole land of Egypt. He went numb. He couldn't believe his ears. But the more they talked, telling him everything that Joseph had told them, and when he saw the wagons that Joseph had sent to carry him back, the blood started to flow again. Their father Jacob's spirit revived. Israel said, I've heard enough. My son Joseph is still alive. I've got to go and see him before I die. So Israel led out on the journey with everything he owned. He arrived at Beersheba and worshipped, offering sacrifices to the God of his father Isaac. God spoke to Israel in a vision that night. Jacob, Jacob. Yes, he said, I'm listening. God said, I am the God of your father. Don't be afraid of going down to Egypt. I'm going to make you a great nation there. I'll go with you to Egypt. I'll also bring you back here. And when you die, 
Joseph will be with you. With his own hand, he'll close your eyes. Then Jacob left Beersheba. Israel's son loaded their father. Israel's sons loaded their father and their little ones and their wives on the wagons Pharaoh had sent to carry him. They arrived in Egypt with the livestock and the wealth they had accumulated in Canaan. Jacob brought everyone in his family with him, sons and grandsons, daughters and granddaughters, everyone. Summing up, all those who went down to Egypt with Jacob, his own children, not counting his son's wives, numbered 66. Counting in the two sons born to Joseph in Egypt, the, number, the members of Jacob's family who ended up in Egypt numbered 70. Jacob sent Judah on ahead to get directions to Goshen from Joseph. When they got to Goshen, Joseph gave orders for his chariot and went to Goshen to meet his father, Israel. The moment Joseph saw him, he threw himself on his neck and wept. He wept a long time. Israel said to Joseph, I'm ready to die. I've looked into your face. You are indeed alive. Joseph then spoke to his brothers and his father's family. I'll go and tell Pharaoh, my brothers and my father's family, all of whom lived in Canaan, have come to me. The men are shepherds. They've always made their living by raising livestock, and they've brought their flocks and herds with them, along with everything else they own. When Pharaoh calls you in and asks you what kind of work you do, tell him. Your servants have always kept livestock for as long as we can remember. We and our parents also. That way he'll let you stay apart in the area of Goshen, for Egyptians look down on anyone who is a shepherd. So in today's reading, it's very interesting how Joseph takes his time revealing himself to his brothers. And I think that the reason for that was he wanted to see um, how much his brothers had changed. So since Benjamin was his only other true blood brother, he tested the other brothers to see if this time they would do things differently, meaning that they would uh, be unselfish and sacrifice their own lives to keep Benjamin alive. I think that was his testing to see if their hearts had changed um, since they had done what they had done to him. And sure enough, they are willing to sacrifice themselves because they saw how much their father hurt when he thought Joseph was gone. So it's quite the amazing reunion um, when all of the brothers and their families and Jacob, now Israel, get to come to Egypt and live close enough to Joseph that he can care for them and they're all reunited. And I just think it's crazy to think about if we saw snapshots of Joseph's life from 17 to 40. There are just so many moments that look so hopeless and in despair and yet God moves in one day to change everything and reunite this family. 